If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Standing 8 Podcast. We are back. Episode 77, the first session of 2022. I'm Aaron Soriel from Los Angeles. With me is one of the usual suspects, Mr. Tommy Rush Jr. Jr. out in Dallas, Texas. Also a founder of BSHQ Barbecue Catering and Delivery. How are you doing today, Tommy? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great as always, man. Uh, blessed and, and glad to be here in 2022. Ready to let it do what it do. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And also in this episode, the one and only Mr. Courtney Tanner, a.k.a. the Burr Brown Sugar. What's up, Mr. Tanner? Hey, you already know who it is. You already know what it is. It's Courtney Tanner, aka the Burt, aka Burt Brown Sugar, the one you hate to love, the one you love to hate. Um, hope everybody had blessed holidays. Um, it's good to be back on with y'all. First episode of the se- uh, of the year. And uh, hey, as far as I'm concerned, we can go ahead and dispense with these pleasantries and go ahead and engage in this war of words. Let's talk some shit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Also, um, coming in later, hopefully very soon, uh, we're going to have Mr. S- uh, Steven Ruiz, who is the founder of Dallas-based boxing media page, Ringside Global. Uh, who invited sure- his hating ass? <laughs> <laughs> hey, actually, he's uh, he just popped through. Let me add him hey, in. Hey, we were just talking about you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Mr. Steven Ruiz? Um I was in the middle of introducing you, um, uh, your movement. Um, so yes, he is from Ringside Global. That's his information scrolling below. His IG is at, at Ringside underscore Global. What is up, Mr. Stephen, Stephen Ruiz? Uh, welcome back again. Um, me personally, my first time with you, but I know you've been on with us um, uh, late last year, this past year. How are you doing today, sir? Any opening words you want to start off with? Uh, yes, sir. I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always a blessing, a privilege, and an honor anytime I be on with, you know, you, yourself, Courtney Tanner, Tommy Rush Jr., all men, uh, distinguished boxing, uh, knowledgeable gentlemen. So I'm always proud and humbled anytime I can be on the show or talk boxing. It's always a blessing. I love it all. Uh, just shout out to Derek James Jr. Happy birthday to him. Yes. Shout out. Put us on the map, but... Again, man, I'm always here. I'm always ready, ready to talk boxing and go one round or 12 rounds. I'm all with it. Loving, loving the energy from all you guys. Um, So, yeah, let's get straight to it. Um, First on the agenda is the review of last night's WBC featherweight championship fight between Gary Russell Jr. and Mark Bangsayo on Showtime Championship Boxing. This will be Russell's sixth title defense against the undefeated Filipino contender. 
Uh, despite the two-year layoff, Russell was the favorite uh, to keep the status going as one of boxing's long-tenured champions. Uh, Maxayo entered this fight with momentum from his brutal knockout victory against Julio Ceja last August. Um, the fight started out with Russell using the jab with the intention of uh, landing uh, those cl uh, clean straight lefts. However, the taller Maxayo uses pressure and reach to score effective combinations. Uh, specifically, uh, Maxayo was able to time his left hooks and uppercuts whenever Russell tried to close the distance. Um, in the fourth round, uh, Russell was severely disadvantaged uh, when he hurt his right shoulder. Um, Maxayo had already put out a higher offensive output at that point in the fight. Uh, Russell, uh, nursing his right arm for the rest of the fight, was forced to uh, allocate all of his offense uh, to the straight left hand. Uh, Maxeo had a difficult time capitalizing further on Russell's predicament as he was unable to end the fight with the same pressure that he had um, in the early rounds. Um, despite Russell's valiant effort scoring with the left hand, uh, evading several of Maxeo's combinations in the remaining rounds, uh, he'd come up short on the judges' scorecards. Um, one judge scored it 114-114. The other two had it 115 to 113 for Maxeo. Um, very tight scorecards, uh, guys. Um, let me start off with you, Mr. Tommy Rush. Um, uh, give us uh, give us your recap your re recap of the fight. Man, so um, you know, first off, I, I you know I definitely want to say you know uh, congratulations to to Maxeo. Um, you know he he did pull out that victory uh, midway through the fight once. Um, once Gary Russell Jr. did, um, you know, clearly injure that shoulder, um, you know, I, I said that there there was no way that he was he was going to win that fight. You know, I just knew that taking that jab uh, and taking one whole arm away uh, from from his arsenal, which he's very very known to to control the fight with that jab, was going to be something that was going to be crucial to the fight. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Aaron, I was. I was very surprised at how he was able to keep Maxao at bay, you know, for the pretty much that second half of the fight. I mean, obviously the the engagement uh, and interactions, the 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 punch volume uh, was decreased uh, terribly, you know, uh, from from Russell Jr. Uh, but you know, there wasn't that there wasn't that much pressure being being actually put on. It was almost like he was, you know, Maxao was dumbfounded. Uh, by the movement, you know, that that uh, Russell was was showing him. He was being very elusive. He was moving, you know, um, he was he was getting his his uh, movement from side to side across the ring and controlling that uh, and pretty much throwing him off his game. You know, as you said, the pressure was on originally in, in the first few rounds when Russell had two two good arms uh, or, you know, two working arms, we'll say, because, you know, he did say post fight that he was already injured. Uh, and he and he was coming to put on that show anyway as a soldier and a, and a warrior for for the fans and for the people um but you know that whole second round that whole second half of the fight was um it was predictable but it was also surprising at the same time because it was way closer than i than i expected it to be uh, once uh, russell injured that shoulder um you know, the one thing that that we talked about, you know, in, uh, in the pound for pound community, shout out to everybody in there when we were in the fight thread was talking about 
you know, um, I mentioned it to you, Aaron, was he, he, Maxell should have pulled one of those numbers, one of those Canelo numbers and, and, and been, you know, throwing some, some looping shots, some hooks or something and actually punching at that, at that arm, you know, and yeah. taking advantage <laughs> of that and, and get maybe even getting in, in Russell's head a little bit. Uh, but he, it seemed like he was just coming straight forward and he was punching straight forward as well. He, he wasn't really doing anything that was going to nullify uh, Russell, you know, moving from side to side. And it, and it was just, it was pretty much as Russell said, he kind of did give him a little bit of a boxing lesson with one arm and, and still hung in there in that fight. Um, you know, I did think that, that, uh, Max Sale won that fight. Uh, and you know, I could see how some of the, the scorecards were, were pretty, uh, narrow, uh, but you know, he pulled out the victory and, and, you know, all, uh, all props and everything go, goes to him. But I, you know, had, had Gary Russell had two working arms for the, for the whole fight, regardless of if it was injured or not, if he would have been able to even throw um, for like that first or that last six rounds uh, and, and utilize uh, that right, that right hand at all. Um, I think we would have seen, you know, what I expected to happen, which would have been a unanimous decision for, for Gary Russell Jr. Yeah. And, and more to the, more to your point, And I think you mentioned this also, uh, it seems that Maxell was giving, well, uh, v- giving him too re- too much respect and mm-hmm. being overly cautious because, um, and that's not really surprising because we we know the, um, we know the we know how talented Russell is, so um, you can't take that away from him. Um, Stephen, um, l- let me go to you. Uh, your thoughts on the fight? Uh, I I actually was. Um... It was a good fight. I was very impressed with Gary Russell Jr., mainly because the reign that he's had is he fights very, very sparingly. And the fact that he could have that kind of performance with one arm when, uh, you know, ring rust is a tremendous deal. You look at guys like Triple G where they have a little bit of time off and then they look a little bit rusty. The fact that Gary Russell Jr. is just used to this time span on his fights and can come in and still, for lack of better words, give a boxing lesson with one arm, it's it's tremendous. Because, like everybody says, you kind of wish Max Hale would have came out kind of like a Canelo uh, Smith thing. And it's like, well, you know that bicep torn up. Now I'm sorry, but I'm about to rip it all the way off. And you didn't have that killer instinct in Max Hale which then does scare me because while while I am excited to see his title reign and how that goes, it's very telling when you have a hurt champion in front of you and you don't go for the jugular. I mean, you right. don't aid for extra time in boxing. So if I can get you out in one round, I'm going to take you out in one round. And the fact that Gary Russell made it so apparent and evident right when he threw it and he dro- drops it and it's very telling. The fact that Freddie Roach... Uh, the the assistant there, everybody on the side is not telling them, like, just go for it, go for it. Because at the end of the day, if you start boxing in a phone booth, the guy's only giving you one back. So if you're throwing with your, you know, ones and twos, ones and twos, you're only going to be getting ones back. I'll take that every time. If I can give out two for one, let's go for it. And let's see where the chips, you know, let's see where it falls and lands. However, now I do see if you want to play the devil's advocate, I can see where it's like, well, we're going to win this regardless. But one thing you don't do in boxing is you don't leave it to the judges. And the fact that when they start reading the scorecards, you have a draw. 
I was shocked because at the end of the day, CompuBox numbers, whether you say they're right, whether you say they're wrong, they had Maxeo just by a landslide on the CompuBox numbers. And the fact that you have one judge that's saying, nope, I see it for Gary Russell in a draw, it starts to make you a little nervous. And then that's kind of on you when you say, well, we lost by a, a you know, a, a decision because we didn't go all the way for it. That's what you've trained for. He said it in the beginning, it's always been my dream to do this. When you have your dream right in front of you, man, it would have you'd have to put a lot of people in front of me to stop me from getting what I've been training my whole entire life from. And I see it's inches away. I'm going and I'm getting that. Like Tommy Rush Jr., if there's a McRib out there, he's going to get it. So you can't stop anybody when it's your goal, when that's your destination or when that's your destiny, you got to go for it. So while I give a lot of credit to Gary Russell Jr., uh, it does make me a little bit worried for Maxeo. But man, if he can just correct a couple things, you know, he's got the power. He can have a good championship run uh, considering what's out there. Freddie Roach, obviously you can't count that guy out, even though he is getting towards the later uh you know, towards his training career, some of those things you wish maybe he he gives better instructions in the corner. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But I was actually more impressed with Gary Russell that he could do that with one arm. Um, you know, it, it does stink that he kind of waters it down Teofimo, Teofimo Lopez style when you say I won nine rounds to three or ten to two. It's like, uh, you went out on a valiant effort, but you don't got to don't don't water it down and start making ridiculous claims. It was a close fight, but to say you went out there and just did all that with one arm and only give the guy two rounds, you can't do that either. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Right, and, you know, it ha I mean, we're, he's going to get, Mag Sale's going to get that criticism as expected that, hey, you were fighting a one-handed fighter. You, you did not, you did not, um, finish the job. You let you let you you, you let the fight go in the hands of the judges, with with close ass scorecards at that. So that's as you as you said, it's very telling for Maxeo going forward as he um as far as his prospects go. Um, Courtney, let's go to you. I'll, I'll give you your run run down of the fight. Um, good card last night, man. All three uh all three cards. I mean, all, all three fights on that card were uh. I thought I thought they were very entertaining, um, and, and that's and that's rare relatively from PBC cards. You usually get the main event is hyped up, and then it's usually two under uh, undercard fights that are pretty underwhelming. But uh, I mean, all, in all three fights, you saw guys give. You know, it, it was basically it was it was life or death in all three fights. Um, particularly the uh, the co feature um, between Matias and uh, Anion, um, which uh, was had a great result. Um, the main event, though, uh, Gary Russell Jr. against McSyle. Um, hey, you got to give all credit and all props to McSyle because, I mean, he 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 took it from the champ in the ring, you know, and on on the scorecards, you know, he did uh, he did what he needed to do, um, regardless 
of the fashion that he did it down the stretch. I think they kind of baffled everybody. But, I mean, ultimately, as Stephen was saying, if copy box numbers are any indication, you know, we, pre- we pretty much know who, who deserved to walk away with a nod on those cards. Um, and I think, I think Gary Russell, he knew it too. Um, I'll, I'll say this, though. If you're going to lose a fight, lose it in the fashion that Gary Russell did. You know, in the interview, was he gracious? No. But was he crying? Was he, you know, saying was he, you know, did he, did he act the ass like Tiafimo Lopez did? No, not at all. Uh, you know, and I think I think he 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 lost his belt, but he walked away with the fans' respect respect for you know not making any excuses for the injury. You know, and there didn't need to be an excuse as the you know the injury was telling. Um, you know, he threw the shoulder, and then he went down to averaging one jab around for the rest of the fight. So. Um, you know, um, he so he shared with the uh, the commentary the commentary team that uh you know he was he's been dealing with this injury for a while and that uh you know he he declined to postpone the fight because he wanted to get you know he wanted to go in there and entertain the people man and um I mean if there's a case where somebody probably should have postponed the fight in terms of an injury or you know or their health it, it should have been that instance um, especially the way the injury presented itself in the fight. But you know he did he did what boxers do he did what warriors do he went in there he fought on and uh, he won he he won that belt in the ring by beating Johnny Gonzalez back in 2015 and uh, he lost to a young hungry lion and uh, that's boxing and that's the uh, that's sport and that's the way of the world and uh, uh, hopefully we see Gary Russell Jr. come back um, hopefully he can work his way back to a fight that we've all wanted to see which is him and uh, Leo Santa Cruz. Um, I think there's going to be a case for Leo Santa Cruz and McSyle go ahead and unify him. Um, even though I really, from what, if, if how McSyle finished that fight against Gary Russell Jr., if that's any indication of how things might go, uh, I think that's looking grim if he gets in there with Leo Santa Cruz. Uh, just because we know uh, Leo Santa Cruz is going to definitely match him in size, in height, in, uh, in, you know, in, in reach, and that, uh, that punch output from Leo Santa Cruz is just fucking crazy. Um, but uh, when Gary, uh, for me, one thing that stood out too is when, you know, obviously when he threw the shoulder and it was a it was a, a stark physical reaction from him when that injury occurred, it was it was basically I, I shook my head. I said he has no chance to win this fight. And the, from what from what I saw, even from jump in the early rounds, is he was having a hard time with McSyle because McSyle went in there and you can tell he trained towards his strengths he tra- he's he trained towards his own advantages so he went in there going to fight with the mind that he was going to fight his fight not gary russell jr's fight um and, and gary russell jr you know for being out of the ring two years for having a serious injury and for him to be able to make those adjustments for him to have opportunities in that fight for him to have a chance to be in there um that speaks volumes i think if any i think if it had been any other class of featherweight um, been there basically as a wounded animal against a dude who's got pop like McSyle, um, it would have been it, it, it could have been pretty nasty. Um, on the other side of that coin, I think if Gary Russell Jr. had a jab, I don't even think it would have went three cards. I think he would have got him out of there late. Um, just because of, you know, the, the lane that he had to connect on McSyle was just, uh, it, it, it was still, it was straight, it was, it was straight you know, um, and I don't, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was a stamina issue on McSyle's part. I don't know if that was Freddie not um, giving him the direction needed to go to that next level 
and uh, make those adjustments for that or basically just not knowing how to do it because he'd never been there before. But I mean, uh, time will tell. And I think uh, I think McSyla's next opponent will will tell the story and will tell the tale on that. Um, and then also the uh, the prevailing story going into this fight with Gary Russell Jr.'s dad, uh, who is, you know, who's been his trainer from the beginning. Um, I kind of saw that, too, even before the injury and that he really wasn't getting anything substantial in that corner. Um, they said that he pretty much trained himself um, along with training his brothers who are fighting um, in the run up to the fight. His dad obviously is in, um, is in failing health and uh, had, you know, a, a, a limb amputated. Um, it just, it seemed like, you know, with all that weight, you know, weighing on him coming into the fight and then his dad not being able to you know, give vocally give those instructions in the corner it just seemed like he was kind of lost as far as, um, you know, what to do as far as formulating a plan B or a contingency. And he was just in there freestyling it and trying to wing it. And he did a good job of that. But ultimately, a guy like Maceo, young, hungry lion, coming in um, with that much pop, that much height, that much reach, that much size, that was just, um, that was a bridge too far in the end for Gary Russell Jr. Right on, right on. Um, one more follow-up question. Um, Overall, we all knew it was Maxeo's fight. Um, but in that back back in that fourth round, um, right before he even injured his um injured his shoulder, did you guys get a sense that things were kind of go um turning in his favor? That at that point, um it um he was turning the fight, he was turning the momentum in his favor. Um, uh, because um at the at the end of the uh, towards the later rounds, we saw even with one arm that um, he was kind of catching up with Maxeo's rhythm. Um, did you guys feel in the fourth round, right moments before he injured um, his right shoulder, that uh, he felt he was um, he was catching uh, Maxeo's rhythm um, up at, up at, up to that point? Um, he was losing those rounds. He was losing those rounds up to that point. I think I don't think the turn the tide was turning, but I think he was starting to figure things out and get That's into his yeah. Um, but he, uh, McSyle came out, McSyle, he didn't really jump on him per se, but McSyle, he came in with a clear game plan, knowing what he needed to do to neutralize Gary Russell Jr. And he was hell bent on doing it. And, um, I, you know, I, I think, I, I think that was really hard. I didn't think that necessarily surprised Gary Russell Jr., but I think that was hard for him to deal with. And like I said, it goes back to him not having substantial direction in that corner. I think he he kind of you know it was probably he was processing within himself. It's like all right, I'm gonna have to figure this shit out on my own and do it. And then he basically was starting to try different things, and then that's when that injury presented itself. Yeah, I think um, you know like like you said, he he was losing those first few rounds, and and as I mentioned earlier, that that's what was surprising about the rest of the fighters because you know with with two working arms. Exhale was actually, you know, he was going to, to the body shots. He he was still pretty much the whole entire fight fighting straight, straight ahead, straight punches, one, twos, straight in front of him. But it was almost like because of the, the styles make fights, right? It was almost because Gary Russell still had his jab, he was still staying in front of him and, and battling it out with him. And and that wasn't, you know, favoring him that much. But as you know, as we came up to the end to that injury uh, occurring, 
he was getting that timing down. He was starting to 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 beat him to the punch with with connecting with that jab pretty cleanly, uh, and before Maxell would get off on him. Uh, so I mean, yeah, that that was one thing that I that I did notice as well. Um, and you know, like I said, that's why I figured if he did have those two working arms, it would have been you know late rounds. It would have been some trouble because he would have been pretty much controlling it, you know, and and would have been able to be even more in his head you know, than he was with the one arm. Uh, just, to, just to follow up there, I agree completely with Mr. Courtney Tanner and Mr. Tommy Rush, uh, but I think that's also the risk you play when you're a veteran boxer, much like you see Gary Russell, because I'm watching the fight without sound, and I'm scoring, I'm saying Maxeo one, Maxeo two, Maxeo three, and then you get into the fourth where you're saying, okay, well, this is now where the champion, Gary Russell, makes his adjustments, he kind of figured you out, let you let you do what you're going to do, and now he's going to neutralize and come on. But the risk that you run with that is an injury, that you get caught with something. Something mm -hmm. that you like, but Canelo does because he's a veteran in the game where he'll let Billy Joe Saunders, Amir Khan, um, even for that matter, um, Kovalev, come in, wins, win early rounds. And then it's like, okay, I saw what you did, now it's my turn. But you got to be very careful because by the time you make it your turn, if you're too far down in the scorecards, now you're really needing to to score something big and heavy and, you know, in the later rounds. And you don't really I don't like boxers playing catch up, uh, just like you see Tank Davis when Floyd's saying, hey, you're losing this fight. It's a fight that he should win, but you're letting your opponent kind of stay in there. And when you watch football, baseball, whatever it is that you watch, the longer somebody hangs around, the bigger the risk for an upset. And that's what happens in boxing. So the fact that Gary Russell, like I said, maybe he's not getting blasted away by Max Leo in round one, two or three. And then says, OK, I saw what you did. You're kind of coming straight forward like a young bull, like a young lion does. But now it's my turn to kind of show you where experience can take over. And now you're ready to do that. And now your shoulders out and now you're working with one arm. Well, now the young lion's still coming with fastball straight down the middle, and you kind of have nothing to answer back. So I, I like it because you can let a young guy kind of punch himself out or even get frustrated in the later rounds, but you've got to make sure that you've got a healthy uh, left and right to be in the stamina to be able to say, okay, now it's my turn, young buck. Now let's see what you got when I come with my ring IQ and the ring generalship to counter you. And the fact is that he was doing really good with that with even one arm. So the fact that he didn't have two, it's a very telling. I don't see Maxeo, uh wanting that rematch. I wouldn't do that if I was them. But, I mean, if I was Gary Russell and you really do feel like, no, I can beat that guy with two arms, you go for it. But uh, it's, it's just, you know, you got to be careful. It's a risky play when you let that young guy go a couple rounds and put a couple in the bank. Nothing's ever promised. So that's, you know, just to kind of follow up with Mr. Courtney Tanner and Tommy Rush, I agree with it, but that's the risk you run when you go, when you, when you think you're going to take it late and let your experience take over. Hey, one, one thing I, I, I do want to say, like, I, I know that it may have been a little bit too much and it could have also been a little uh, seasoned with the, you know, you gotta, you gotta really beat the champ. Uh, but shout out to the judges for respecting defense. <laughs> you know, I think that there's there often there's way too many judges and 
uh, you know, pundits and casuals as well. Uh, that this school that, of blood. Yeah. yeah, that it's like the blood and guts. We got to see that, you know, we got to see that in order for uh, there to be some respect put on things. And, you know, the fact that every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That Gary Russell was doing what he was doing and, and, and controlling that in the ring and being as elusive as he was, he was actually getting some credit for that shit. So... You know, I, I respect that at least, you know, that the judges was was putting some respect on that defense because, you know, that's that's something that that I like and I look at a lot as well uh, when I'm when I'm looking or scoring uh, fights myself. So I, I can I can respect that, that they that they uh, they they put something some value into that. But uh, interesting that, uh, you know, Steven said that he thinks uh, Mike Sayo uh, is going to give him the rematch. I think Gary Russell Jr. knows he's not going to get the rematch um, from, you know, from that, uh, the way that post-fight interview went. And that's, I mean, that's the name of the game. You know, a lot of these guys, they don't write a, a rematch clause in, if they're uh, in the contract that they're fighting a mandatory, because it's kind of like, I, th- I think Gary Russell Jr. got into that mentality where, you know, he's been fighting once a year against his, uh, against his mandatories and then, you know, basically schooling all of them. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think he didn't think ahead, you know, with all the intangibles that could present itself or whatnot. And uh, he just came in there thinking, you know, hey, it's another mandatory. I've been here before. I'm going to get this guy out. And then, you know, we're going to march ahead towards the Leo Sonic Cruz unification to get that pay-per-view money or whatnot. Um, but, yeah, now that the uh, the floor has dropped out from the bottom, um, yeah, I, I, I seriously doubt McSyle is going to uh, is going to grab that rematch. I think uh I think if you know if we have any indication of how Al Heyman moves, Al Heyman is going to uh, immediately move to feed McSayo to uh, Leo Santa Cruz. Um and uh I wouldn't be surprised is if uh, Kiko Martinez, the IBF featherweight champion who uh Gary Russell Jr already beat very handily, um but who scored a, a upset over Kid Galad to uh, pick up the IBF version of the belt, I wouldn't be surprised if he's paid very handsomely to uh, to come back over to the states and uh, do a, a rematch that nobody wants to see with Gary Russell Jr. But with the intention of getting Jerry Russell, Gary Russell Jr. a belt, and so that uh, that Leo Santa Cruz matchup could possibly say, be salvaged again. And you know, I, I think a lot of us would want to see the Gary uh, the Gary Russell Jr. Leo Santa Cruz. I think a lot of us want to see those two get in there even if there weren't any belts on the line. But because but because of the way the business is matched up and how these guys respond to each other as far as their willingness to fight one another, um, 
it's pretty much a situation where these dudes aren't going to go going with each other unless you know they have an opportunity to pick up another belt. Um, along, you know, and you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, these belts don't mean shit." Well, to these guys who are fighting, these belts are still relevant because these belts mean everything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look for look for uh, that move to be next on the uh, the Al Heyman chessboard. I mean, uh, um, I mean, could it could it go another direction? Certainly. Um, but if it does, remember I said it. Great stuff. Great stuff all around. Um, so next topic in the agenda, very spicy um, topic. Um, it's the it's the lawsuit between um, by imposed by Terrence Crawford versus uh, Top Rank. Um, as we all know, the top, uh, the top pound for pound star, reigning WBO welterweight championship champion uh terrence crawford he filed a lawsuit earlier this month against his former promoter top rank promotions accusing the company of racial bias when it came to promoting his fights uh the suit is seeking uh, damages in excess of 5.4 million dollars um, in the suit crawford claims that top rank limited his earnings potential by failing to secure big name fights i.e errol spence um, across promotional lines in addition Crawford has accused Bob Arum of minimizing his appeal as a future free agent by making public disparaging remarks such as, and I quote, I could build a house in Beverly Hills on the money I lost on him, unquote. Um, Crawford certainly isn't the first fighter to leave top rank on a sour note. Uh, other high profile names such as Manny Pacquiao, Mikey Garcia, Floyd Mayweather have had their own friction with Bob Arum. Um, however, as for Crawford, um, does Crawford's lawsuit hold any merit to any degree, or is simply, or is Crawford simply not a pay-per-view attraction? And Top Rank did the best they could in elevating his brand name as tangibly as possible. Um, Tommy, um, let's get your take on this, man. Um, what's up? Yeah, that's the. I'll I'll go ahead and start first because as uh as Stephen had on on his uh his Instagram story, round two fight. It's going to be going down. We're going to continue this one. Um, so, one, I will say I don't really feel that the lawsuit is going to really go anywhere, you know, as far as in reality. Um, just get that out of the way and just say that. Uh, but have I personally felt that um, he wasn't marketed as he could have been, uh, especially compared to someone like, say, for example, once we when we seen the the instant rise and push of Lomachenko um, during the time where where Crawford was, you know, he was he was and should have been, you know, the top dog in that stable. Um, you know, there there was, in my opinion, there was a lot of difference uh, when it came down to, uh, you know how much we saw uh, getting marketed, um, you know, just how things were pushed out there. Uh, some of the narratives that, that were uh, being uh, placed out there, you know, in, in some of the stories, some of the, you know, just everything that we saw when it came down to the difference between the two, uh, when it was their time to fight, I did see a little bit of a difference myself. Uh, but, you know, as you mentioned, Aaron, you know, there's been other people that have, that have left, uh, you know, one very, very big one was namely was Floyd Mayweather. And we all know that that's a, a, 
you know, very well known uh, story behind that. Uh, the one thing that that everybody has already said be once before, and I'll say it again, is, you know, um, this if this were the case, this was something that, you know, in my opinion, he saw and would have seen before he even resigned with top rank. Uh, you know, so I think that at this point, it's it's kind of sour grapes on both sides. Uh, which is unfortunate because now we get to kind of have this drama. Uh, but, you know, Aram has said things that he probably shouldn't have said, uh, you know, and at this point, Bud Crawford has said things that he probably shouldn't have said as well. Uh, and so now we have this this uh, this feud as he finally gets free you know, from his contract. And now he's you know ready to 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 go to war as far as uh, in, with legalities and things like that, but I don't, you know, in my opinion, I, I really don't see it, you know, going and blowing up any damn thing. To be honest, um, I think that it's it's almost like he he wants to now um, say his piece and and you know stand up for himself or voice himself it, after being pretty much handcuffed by his contract for so long, which part of that was was his doing when he resigned so uh, that's my thoughts on it to be honest oh i share similar thoughts i think crawford's i think crawford is more trying to send out a message as opposed to just simply winning a lawsuit um stefan uh let's get your thoughts on this um oh, give us your breakdown of this situation it's pretty simple uh do i think uh bob arum is a saint no uh i think it, do i think he's racist there has racial bias as uh the lawsuit claims no i think he has shown that he is an old man that just cares about one thing and that is one color and that happens to be green and when you are putting a lot of money in a talent and getting nothing back uh that's gonna make you upset but does that make you racist no uh, Aaron, Courtney, Tommy Rush, all of us are not going to our jobs every single day, putting gas in our cars, uh, changing our oil and buying new clothes for work just to get less money when we leave there on our paycheck. And essentially that's what Bob Aaron was pissed off about. Hey, I'm buying new work clothes. I'm putting gas in my car to go to work every day. I'm doing all these different things. And at the end of the day, my paycheck shows less than what I'm putting in. Should he have said I could have bought a house in Malibu as the promoter? No, you don't do that. But Bob Aram is close to 90 years old. What does he care? He's, you know, he's a he's at the end of his career with, as well. There's no he doesn't have to do the whole Eddie Hearn and play nice with everybody. He's established. He'll be he'll be in the Boxing Hall of Fame himself working with Ali. I don't understand how you could be one of the pioneers working with Muhammad Ali and things like this. And then all of a sudden now. Somebody like Bud Crawford could say, well, he's racist. Well, he wasn't racist back then. And how is he racist now? Uh, if he is racist, why did you resign? If he is racist, why did you let Maurice Hooker or Shakur Stevens, who are like little bros to you, jump in the clubhouse too? Wouldn't you have said, hey, Tommy Boy's my uh, Tommy Rush is my boy. Courtney's my, my boy. Hey, I'm not going to let you do business with this guy. This guy's whack. He's going to do you real wrong. Instead, they join the team. They're all putting on shows on top rank. If it was that bad, you don't let your little brothers jump in there and do the same business. So at the end of the day, I think like Tommy Rush said, it's not going to go anywhere. You're wasting money on lawyers. Uh, it's just hard to show when 
I posted something on my own site where um, Bud Crawford's earnings, the last four or five fights, total Lomachenko's money. So does Lomachenko now have a case against Bob Arum too to say he doesn't like Ukrainians? No, it's just, it is what it is. Bud Crawford at his age has never been a pay-per-view star. You're not selling out Nebraska, Omaha. It sucks that you're not from a Philly, a Vegas, uh, a Texas. You're not from a big fighting town. You know, it is what it is. You you haven't, your pay-per-view numbers have never been there. Uh, when they asked Bud Crawford uh, on a DAZN uh, telecast, when they were, when uh, I think it was Virgil was fighting Maurice Hooker, he asked them, well, what's going on? Uh, Chris Mannix asked them, so what's going on with the Errol Spence fight? He says, oh, that's dead. So he himself said it was dead. Then Mannix says, well, what about Virgil Ortiz? Well, he's too green. Okay, so what? who are you trying to fight? You trying to fight veterans in the game where it could be pay-per-view matchups? You trying to fight young, hungry lions that could come up and make a big pay-per-view splash itself? You didn't want the old or the new. Uh, so it's very tough to say that guy's the reason that I'm not making a lot of money. When even with Sean Porter this last fight, you weren't showing up to interviews. They did a Sean Porter uh, virtual uh, presser, and he didn't show up. So you're mad at you're mad at uh, Bob Arum, and you're not doing your part. You know what I mean? It's it's tough to say. You know when Aaron's out there offering overtime uh, to make more money, and I'm asking you, I need more money, I need more hours, and then Aaron says, Hey, Stephen. You can come work after your shift a cup, a little bit of time and put some overtime OT hours in. No, no, I can't do that. Well, I thought you just said you needed money. So, you know, you got to show up to these pressers. Hey, uh, bud, you said, you know, I'm not making you a star, but you ain't even doing your part. Damn, push the guy, do something at the weigh-in. Then bud says, I'm not that type of guy. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you in a back room quietly to myself, right? He says all this. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Then this dumbass is in the ocean talking about L. Spence. Where are you at? So now you're making all kinds of noise when you just said you were that quiet gangster that'll pull you in the back room and tell you I'm going to fuck you up. And now you're in the ocean showing a whole ass of yourself Talk about Errol, where you at? Come on now. Then if you want to make if you want to make a statement and say, Bob Arum, you cost me a lot of money. Okay, do that. But do this. If I'm Bud's lawyer, I say, let's do this. Let's do three fights after your top rank contract and show that you could have made 60 million as opposed to the 21. Now I have a case to say, look, Bob Arum, we did it after you did with a much older Bud Crawford with different people and we made 60 million versus your 25 or 21, whatever it was. 
Now I have a claim. But to say that right after, and you're not in negotiations really to to fight with anybody, it's a little tough to prove uh, that there's racial bias and things like that. When you have Dog Bay, you have Shakur Steven, you have Hooker, you have all these guys that Tommy Rush even mentioned. Oh, I saw a push with um, Lomachenko, a different push that he had over Bud. But what does that matter when at the end of the day, the dollars showed that Bud made more than Lomachenko? So, you know, you could that's almost a win for Al to say, yeah, I, I promoted the hell out of Lomachenko, but I still gave Terrence Crawford more money than him. So at the end of the day, to me, when you're just looking at the straight up facts, it's a little tough to to prove. Can I can I say that, you know, Bud doesn't have a claim? You know, no, you can't say that he doesn't have, no, you know, no claims whatsoever. But when you just start unveiling all the facts, it's very it, it's a tough uphill battle, especially when you don't have a telecast at, at top rank where it's just all white fighters. It, you, it's hard to do. Uh, great stuff, Stevan. And um, Corny, let's go to you. And uh, you alluded to Bob Aaron being tone deaf, um, um, as you said. And it kind of go, uh, it kind of coincides with what um, the points that uh, Stevan has made. Um, Corny, uh, give us your take on this. All right. Hey, Stephen. First off, is your name pronounced Stephen or Stephen? Uh, well, it's Stephen, but I've been called a lot worse, so it's not a big deal. No, I just I don't. I, my pet peeve is when people misspell my name, so I you know I, I try I try my best to pronounce people's names correctly. So, because um, you know I'm, I'm about to rip your head off. So first, <laughs> I'm fucking with you, man. No, but um, okay. First off, because I respect Bob Arum so much, I'm gonna correct you on uh, uh, one of the things you said. Bob Arum made the Hall of Fame about 20 years ago, so he's already there. Um, secondly, another inconsistency I heard is when you brought up Maurice Hooker and Jamel, um, Jamel Herring, who are in close association with, uh, with Bud Crawford. Maurice Hooker is still signed to, uh, with, with Eddie Hearn in that room. He just he went over and fought a top ranked fighter because that, that, that's how it panned out with the purse bit. And then hold on, hold on. I, I, I didn't interrupt you when you spoke. <laughs> and, um, secondly, Jamel Herring didn't start training at Crawford's gym in Nebraska until he jumped ship from PBC over the top rank. So, um, but, okay, I'll, I'll say this, though. I think a lot of people have been anticipating this big clash of opinions and, you know, uh, uh, and us going at it on the air. I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? And, and the thing is, because I, I've, ne I've never wanted to turn this platform into TMZ, even though I think a lot of people are entertained a lot more when we disagree than when we agree. But I, know, I also know, I'm in tune with enough of our viewers to know that a lot of them are thinking right now, with all that's going on in boxing, why the fuck are we going to, why the fuck is this a topic of discussion on our show? I agree with you, but this is a democracy. And so this is not my show. This is a show, this is a show of the, you know, say us four who originated the show. So because I'm on it, I'm going to indulge this. Um, but I'll say it like this. I do think, I, I do not think Bob Arum is a racist. I don't think he operates with racist overtones. I've met Bob Arum personally. He shook my hand. And he asked me to call him by his first name. So in my, I've met legitimate bigots and and, and racists, and a bigot or a racist will not act like the, uh, or that, or they will not approach you 
the way that Bob Arum approached, you know, um, acted towards me when I approached him. So awesome. I'm going to get that off the table. I'm going to get that off the table right now. I don't think Bob Arum is racist. Um, and honestly, I, I, I think I think Terrence Crawford has gotten bad advice as far as pursuing this as a lawsuit. I think his time and energy um, should and need to be directed towards things that are going to advance his career uh, further. And um, I don't think this is I don't think this is it. Um, but the thing is, too, is I see a lot of people jumping on Bud Crawford and they didn't keep that same energy when Mikey Garcia had beef with Bob Arum. They didn't keep that same energy when Oscar De La Hoya had, you know, ha- ha- had disputes with Bob Arum. Um, and, and, you know, I think the whole notion that Crawford is just this guy who's been grossly overpaid his whole career, I think, I, I think that's bullshit. Terrence Crawford opened up a whole new market in the Midwest for boxing. You know, he, this dude, you know what I'm saying? And this dude, so, yeah, he's from there, and there's not a lot going on other than college football in Omaha or Lincoln, Nebraska. But I've been to Oakland where they were moving people up from the cheap seats when Andre Ward was fighting because they want to make it look like he had more people there than there actually were. So there's a lot of fighters that can't even sell out their hometowns. And they, you know, saying they get the amount of exposure and the push from their promoters that Terrence Crawford is claiming he didn't get from Bob Arum. Um, but I, I, th- I think this whole notion with today's black athlete in that, oh, you're getting paid well, so you should basically shut the fuck up. I think that's dangerous. And I think, you know, and it goes back to like Colin Kaepernick and where people thought because he was a millionaire athlete. He had no room or no place to um, seek to redress issues that are going on in wider society or seek to to redress the issue of racism in broader society. And Terrence Crawford is not doing that. He's 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 it's, it's, it's about him and race factors into it. But at the same time, I don't think the lawsuit has merit or it should have merit, but I get it. I understand it. Just because somebody, just because your employer is paying you well, does not mean you have to let their disrespect towards you and of you slide. Yes, um, you know we 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 all got day jobs. We all work for you know for people or have in the past or to some extent or whatever. You're not going to let somebody spit on your shoe and not apologize to it just because you're making thirty dollars an hour. I mean, you know, say come on, you know, let, 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 you know, let's be real and. Okay, the angle is brought up that he's made. You know, say he's made. He, he in his total earnings with his contract with Top Rank, he has made more than Lomachenko. I'll say this though, as far as he's looking at this from earnings potential, you know, I I, I think I think if we say, is there no way he could have made more money? I think you're being extremely short-sighted and naive. Also, you have to consider the fact that Lomachenko is in a smaller weight division. Um, the higher up the scales you go, the more your earnings potential. And, you know, say, and, that, and that's mainstream. That's mainstream boxing fans and the casuals is they are more apt to tune in to see bigger guys up the scale fight than the smaller guys. And you know, say Lomachenko's numbers have been good, and the, and that, and that's largely due to the top rank, the ESPN push, which uh, Terrence Crawford has benefited from. But I, I think I think all in all. It doesn't. It doesn't really. Come, it doesn't come down to racism. 
it doesn't come down to the level of disrespect that Crawford has internalized. I think what Bob Arum's major crime in promoting Terrence Crawford has been is that he didn't see his potential when he saw him. I think originally Bob, Bob, you know, and, and actually the story is out there. Bob Arum only signed Terrence Crawford because Timothy Bradley came to him and said, this dude whooped my ass in sparring. This kid's going to be special. I think Bob Arum said went ahead and signed him and put him on a few undercards thinking he was just going to be a durable fighter. He was going to be a guy who was going to make who 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 was going to be able to be in, to entertain people as a fill in on some of the undercards. I you know I don't think Bob Arum first saw Terence Crawford going over to Scotland and beating Ricky Burns' ass. I think uh, you know and, and Bob Arum even said that 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 fight against Gamboa. He agreed to do that fight in Omaha, Nebraska, um, upon Terrence Crawford's request because he it was it was a concession. He's, he said, you know, it didn't look like you know it didn't look. I, I pretty much didn't have much confidence he would be able to beat Gamboa, so it might might as well let him have home field advantage or home ring advantage or however you want to call it. And so you know, the thing is, when you sign when you sign somebody or you so you associate with somebody. And they keep surpassing your very limited expectations. I think it catches you. I think it catches you off guard. And then when Terrence Crawford did have a large measure of uh, of success, um, I, you know, I, I, because Aram, Aram is Bob Aram is always thinking about the. He's always focused on a demo, uh, marketing to demographics. And he said before that he sees the African American audience as a shrinking um, demographic within their viewership of boxing. And to an extent, he's right. But I don't think it's to the extent that he thinks it is. Um, and so when Terrence Crawford started exceeding some of these uh, these expectations he had, I think he put him out there and said, you know, we can get a lot of eyes on this guy from the Midwest. We can get a lot of guys uh, eyes on this guy from you know w- with uh, with African American fans in the inner cities. And for the most part, he did. But again, when, he, when Terrence Crawford moves up to the welterweight division. And the guy that everybody has eyes on, you know, is, 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 when him coming in, is uh, Errol Spence Jr. You know, so you know, with, with that, and then with the, you know, basically with there being no potential to match those two and answer the question, yeah, Crawford was always going to believe that he was in the back seat. But I'll say this too: Terrence Crawford re-signed with Top Rank under the premise that he was going to get a fight against Manny Pacquiao. That obviously didn't materialize because Manny Pacquiao didn't want that smoke. He jumped the PBC. Um, and then, you know, I think Bob Aaron was kind of stringing Crawford along with the possibility of him being able to cross the street and get a fight against Errol Spencer, getting a fight with one of the, you know, the top guys um, on PBC. Um, and that didn't happen. But then, you know, Bob Aram signs t- Tyson Fury and he makes a fight between him and PBC's most marketable dude, um, Deontay Wilder. And I'm thinking Terrence Crawford looks at that and is just like, well, you were able to cross the street with Trance Ice and Fury. Why couldn't you do that with me? Um, and now there was other extra, extra uh, temporary things going on with that to where by Tyson Fury and Wilder were able to fight three times and it was a cross promotional cross network deal. But I mean, I think it was, uh, I, I think Terrence Crawford saw all that. And then in the end, when it's a situation where Bob Arum knows that 
Terrence Crawford isn't going to look to re-sign with them. He's not going to be able to offer him enough money in in relation to what's out there for him on PBC or with Match uh, Matchroom or whatever. He basically, and it also a thought is like, well, it's a relief thing now. It's like, I don't have to be burdened by trying to find this dude an opponent because he's no longer under contract. Then Bob Arum starts running his mouth and saying a lot of superfluous shit. Um, and it, it has it has Crawford, does Crawford look silly to an extent by beefing with a 90-year-old Jewish dude? Yes. I mean, if you are really that gangster as you say you are, yeah. You do you you do you do look silly. But I mean the thing is, I think a lot of people are putting the weight or the extra weight on Terrence Crawford's shoulder in the beef when really I think if you look at it objectively, it's more down it's more down the middle. And there's basically there's there's things that um that Bob Arum could have definitely done better and made himself and Terrence Crawford some more money if he played it differently and he'd gotten out of his own way. Um, but also ultimately with Terrence Crawford, like I said at the you know the beginning of this, um, I think his efforts and his time and his energy are going to be best devoted elsewhere um, in the ring and in training and uh, in the boardroom, um, securing a better deal and getting bigger fights rather than in a courtroom. So, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, you have something to add? Yeah, so a big thing, first and foremost, is uh, Courtney, you know, respect to him, but he contradicts himself. He says, well, you know, the casual see as the as the higher weight classes go, that's where the more money's made. So then he throws out the, the uh, you know, Wilder and Fury. Well, those are heavyweights, and we haven't had heavyweights like this in a long time. So when the fact that you can make hundreds of millions on two mega heavyweights, one guy that's knocking everybody out, and a guy that's showing up to his interviews, calling everybody Dosser and doing everything to press, those are, you're talking about two different, uh, two, way two different lanes where Wilder and Fury are pay-per-view stars. Their numbers show it. Bud Crawford, you know, you're staying quiet. You're not saying anything. So first and foremost, that kind of contradicts itself when the casuals are only showing as the higher weight classes go. And then the two megastars you have are Wilder and Fury going at it. Well, that's not Spence. He's not all out there like that, and that's not Crawford. So that's hard to say, well, how could you do it with, with these guys, but you can't do it with me. With me. So that's the first and foremost. The other thing, t- too, is he has a problem, not Courtney, but Bud Crawford has an issue with, you know, the what if. You can't do what if. In business, nobody goes to their job and says, 
Well, what if you put me in this spot? Well, your work dictated that I couldn't put you in that spot. So I can't give you a promotion or I can't give you more money when you're not even showing me you're worth the, the 17, 18, 19, $20 an hour you are uh, that you're getting paid now. Why am I going to give you $30? Well, what if I get better? Well, you're not. And the numbers show it. Your 130,000 pay-per-view numbers against Sean Porter, that's not showing it. So you can't tell me you deserve 30 bucks an hour when you're not showing me you deserve 20 bucks an hour. That's an issue. Dollars and cents, that's a businessman. Courtney says that Bud looks weak um, going against a 90-year-old Jewish guy. The last time I checked, for me, gangsters wear suits. It's not always the guys that are young, uh, with all the muscles, some of the most gangster people in the world, ninety plus wearing suits, the the Rockefellers or the Soros. You're talking about gangsters. Those are gangsters. So that also kind of doesn't make any sense when he says that, which is okay. But I get what he was saying. So at the end of the day, like I said, it's tough. We don't have to go back and forth because we all agree. Courtney admitted it. Tommy Rush admitted it. I don't know. I hadn't heard you, Mr. Aaron, but. We all say Bud's not, uh, Bob Arum's not a racist. Lawsuit over. We're just looking at it for what it is. Now, Courtney says also uh, about the black athlete, about the shut up and dribble kind of thing where that's a, that could be a racial over uh, undertone. I get that. But if you are, I will not be disrespected regardless. So if somebody says, well, Stephen, we'll give you a dollar to come to FedEx tomorrow and I'm going to keep disrespecting you. You could keep your dollar and shove it up wherever. I'm not going to re-sign. So just like he brought up Mikey, just like he fought, uh, brought up Floyd, all of those guys bet on themselves. And did it hurt him for a little while? Sure. Mikey didn't fight for a couple, uh, uh, you know, uh, an extended time. Floyd bet himself and bought himself out. Oscar started his own promotion company with So if you're saying, oh, woe is me, do something to fucking bow. Don't there and a year after you get out now say well now i'm gonna sue your ass no get out make your own mark on the sport and keep it moving show somebody the best revenge is success i don't want to hear all this well you know you're disrespecting me and it's a, a shut up and dribble movement when you're staying and then you shut up and you dribble that's a problem just Go out there, say, I'm Bud Crawford. I bet on myself, and I'm going to make three more fights after my after I re-signed, and I'm going to show this uh, Bob Arum that I, I could have made $60 million my next three fights as opposed to the $21 million I made the, with you. I have um, a claim. But to do what he's doing, also the what if to say, uh, you know, that's uh, potential earnings, then why did you take the B-side to Amir Khan? Amir Khan made $7 million and you took four. You done fuck. So don't tell me about this what if earnings when you're taking seven, you're letting Amir Khan take the lion's share and you're going to take four. Then shut up and show up. Then you're going to tell Errol Spence who did bigger numbers than you by over 100,000 to Sean Porter. Uh, no, nah, I'm not taking 50-50 or 60-40. You did that with Amir Khan. So how are you going to say that Errol Spence don't deserve that? Do I think Bud Crawford could beat Errol Spence? Absolutely. I think Bud Crawford right now beats Errol Spence. But when you're talking about the money side before you even get there, the first fight, which is negotiations, you're losing that one all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. So it's, it's 
there's just so many things that Bud contradicts himself. It, it that's the problem I have. Even to say I'm DFW, sure. I like Spence. I love him. Before the accident, I take Spence. But after that, I'm not sure. What I've seen in Bud, I like. But this whole outside the the he's a mess. Bomac is not really helping him with that. They said they're gonna have <laughs> Uh, last year, he ends up only having one. Uh, so it's just, it's a big old problem. You can't say what if earnings and then you let Amir Khan take seven and you take four million. Uh, you just, you look like a clown. Are you done? Hey. I'm <laughs> <laughs> or is you finished? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say this, okay. I, you, you went way on the pale by saying that or insinuating that I didn't think uh, Bob Arum is gangster or whatever. I, like I, that's that kind of that's hold on that's kind of st that's stupid. Bob Arum doesn't need to be gangster. My point with that is that Bob Arum though is ninety years old. And my thing is I was raised to respect my elders. I'm sure Terrence Crawford was too. So the thing is, I, you know, I I, th I think a lot of the people who know and associate me, they're gonna be uh, they're, they're gonna be perplexed. If I'm going back and forth on the cameras or on social media or whatever by a dude who, you know, what I'm saying is like 60 years older than me. So, you know, what I'm saying that's what it, 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 you know, what I'm saying Bob Aaron, he can be gangster all he's want, or he can he, he he can be or he can be softer than diaper shit. It doesn't matter. You know, what I'm saying that's the that's the only thing I'm in about that. And then also you said I'm contradicting myself where I used, you know, where, where I said um, or pointed out that. In you know, the paydays are bigger as you go up the scale in relation to him and Lomachenko, and then raise the issue of Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. How am I? How am I contradicting myself when basically you made you made the point? You you, you solidified the point that I said is that you know, and, and basically, and that's all. And all I'm saying is, you know, what I'm saying as far as well, he made more. He made more money, or slightly more money than Lomachenko, so he has he has no cause to you know or no grievance or whatever no i'm just saying it's a given he made a little bit more money than lomachenko because he's a little further up at the pay scale and obviously tyson fury made a shitload lot more money than he did and then also with the pay-per-view numbers let's be real let's be real steven let's be real though who is fucking who there's nobody else in the game right now besides canelo alvarez who is doing, you know what I'm saying, more than 500,000 or up to a million, you know what I'm saying, out the gate on the pay-per-view sales. You know, Errol Spence, you know what I'm saying, for all the hype of this fight with Mikey Garcia and against Danny Garcia, if you look at those numbers, they're pretty comparable to Terrence Crawford's. If we're, if we're really, if we're really going to examine those numbers, I'm not saying that Terrence Crawford did the same wrong, but if you look at it, if we're going to scrutinize those numbers, he didn't do that much better. Than Terrence Crawford, you know what I'm saying, and and that's the thing with all these and with the stature, that's that's the culture right now with the pay per view model though, is that you know what I'm saying all these all these guys who are fighting on pay per view they have shabby shabby numbers because there's too many pay per views and there are too many there's too many avenues in order to illegally um, view pay per view or stream it, you know, and, and, and that that's that is just, that's simply a sign of the times. So to use that against him, I think that's looking at one very narrow view or slice of that and then disregarding a whole um a whole lot of other shit um when, you know when, when we look, when we think about that so okay you know. so i was only clarifying you said what does he look like the old bob aram that's the only thing i clarified with 
clarify. It's okay. The second thing was the only reason I'm bringing those uh, the heavyweights up is because you said how come uh, Buster said well how come you could do it with them but you can't do it with me. Those are way different guys. You know what I mean. So that's why I said it like that. So that it, that's just all I was getting again was just clarifying because you can. Mm -hmm. But Crawford, you're not a heavyweight, and you don't bring to the table what those guys bring to the table. So I was just clarifying that. Uh, the second thing is, at the end of the day, I, we could take Bud best numbers, and they're still not in what top guys are doing when it comes to pay-per-view numbers. I mean, like you mentioned, and that's okay. I totally get it, too. The way pay-per-view is going now, anybody can stream a fight. But the same people could have streamed the Errol Spence, Sean Porter fight are the same people that could have streamed the Bud Crawford and uh, Sean Porter fight, and it's 100,000 less. So that's a problem. You, I mean, I get it. Yeah, the pay-per-view numbers are not what they used to be in the 90s and the early 2000s, but the same people can stream it, and you have different numbers every time where Errol Spence is a little bit, if you want to say a little bit better, than uh, Bud Crawford. So that's the, that's where I would uh say you got to be careful what you say when you mention that well people are streaming it well people are are not just streaming bud crawford and nobody else and that's why bud crawford is continuously less uh i don't see bud crawford doing big numbers at at&t uh stadium with a mikey garcia either so it, it's tough because you're now you're kind of comparing apples and oranges especially when i've seen bud crawford's apples and they don't look good. So it's tough. But at the end of the day, again, I could see Bud Crawford. People confuse talent with star power. You could be you could be an Andre Ward. Talented beyond belief doesn't mean you're a pay-per-view star. And that's just what it is. Jake Paul, shit boxer, made $30 million this last year. So at the end of the day, talent doesn't translate to money. So that's a big blow to Bud Crawford because they're going to say, look, this Bud, uh, this uh, Jake Paul, he can't box for shit, but he can sell like a motherfucker and you cannot. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. It sucks. But that Bud Crawford lawsuit and what at the end of the day, what we're talking about is Bob racist. No. Did he cut uh, Bud's earnings? No. Because a guy that's like Jake Paul, who can't box for shit, is still making $30 million on, in one year. So it kind of just wraps that up, body bags it, any which way you slice it. Uh, so that's just tough to do. I get what you're saying as far as that we are with, with Tyson Fury and Wilder. All I'm saying and meaning to clarify on that is that he was able to cross the street and secure that fight. Because you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, but you know what I'm saying? Hey, we'll, we'll, you know, but okay, yeah, because they, but the thing is, I would argue is there's actually, there was actually more before, before Wilder and Fury met up for that first time, they, it's, it's pretty arguable. There was more demand for Tyson, for Crawford and uh, Errol Spence to cross the street, to cross sections and game in with each other than it was for Fury and Wilder. Now, the Fury and Wilder with that rivalry, that that demand, that increased as, you know, saying as they did it a, a second time and a third time. But, you know, uh, you know, initially, 
It's, you know what I'm saying? I, I think the question begs to, you know, say begs to be asked. And, you know what I'm saying? He said, hey, money, money's all, you know, say money is always a factor. But, I mean, the fact that remains, though, is, you know, if they're like, it, the, for, for that first fight for, uh, for Tyson Fury and Wilder, if the money was there in order for them to, you know, to smash walls, then with that, that as many people who were shouting and you know say for that fight at the onset as soon as Terence Crawford entered the 147 division hey there was demand there there was money you know saying you, you i mean hey there was money there was money there, there was money there to smash that wall too also i want to touch on another thing I, I you pointed out the first you point out the first slip between um Terence Crawford and Amir Khan where Amir Khan took seven and Terrence Crawford took four. You gotta think you gotta think about where Amir Khan was coming from the table. That dude is, you know what I'm saying, he's he he'd been on he'd been on pay-per-view as far as in, in big fights against oh, uh, yeah. against Canelo, Canelo Alvarez. You know what I'm saying? He had already, you know what I'm saying, and he substantially he had a bigger global audience. Um you know what I'm saying, per se, with you when you think about the US you think you know with the you know, with middle um, the Middle Eastern demographic. You think about the UK, and then you think you you also got to think about Amir Khan. Is he's bringing India and Pakistan with them, which is like two billion people. So I mean, I, I think it, it was one of the situations too, where I think you know saying Crawford needed an opponent, and I think he was willing to make that concession. Is like all right, as long as I'm getting my guaranteed cut, which is three million. You said he made four, so he made a little bit of extra or whatever. But it's like okay, as long as I'm making my guaranteed money and I'm getting a little more or whatever, hey, I'm not worried about what you're making. Now, in terms of the conversation between Crawford and Errol Spence, where he wants a defined split or whatever, yeah, that does get that is that is a weak point. Uh, for, you know, say from that because it's like okay, you didn't worry about what it was in Amir Khan's pockets, but now you're worried about what it's in Errol Spence's. So you know, hey, I'll go ahead and I'll make that concession uh, right there as well. So, so I agree with you 100. percent And this is where I uh, reeling you in. Uh, it's because, like you, a thousand percent, the demand is there. So I agree with you that the Spence Bud demand is going to be higher than a Wilder Fury at that point in time. But what the thing was is Wilder and Fury went ahead and smashed that wall. Bud doesn't do that. End of the day, any way you slice it, Bud is not that guy to talk that fight up. So all he had to do was punch through that wall. He chose not to. And but people I, still want to see it. Well, who? Hardcore boxing fans. Aaron. People still want to see it. Even. That's four, that's four motherfuckers. That's not hundreds of thousands of people like uh, the Fury and Wilder. Wilder flew his ass to England yelling bomb squad in Fury's face. I don't even think Bud Crawford would pay a spirit airline flight to come from to Dallas to say, you know, Omaha, Omaha, get your cheap ass on the fucking flight and make this fight happen. Make more than Courtney, Aaron, and Tommy want to see this fight break down the wall and let's make it a trilogy. You beat this Spence. Cool. He's going to want his back. That's a second fight. So you went from 10 million to 20 million to 30 million. Do it. Help yourself. That's all I'm saying. So to your point, I 100% agree with you. All you have to do is that demand was there, but you've got to also play your part because in this day and age, if I just show up, 
with 7 million Twitter followers, 7 million YouTube followers, and 7 million Instagram followers, I can make $30 million. I can make a complete ass of myself and make big bucks. Bud Crawford, you're a legit boxing icon in the sport. Just start making yourself a little bit more um, out there and you can do it too. But don't blame Bob Arum who put, who works with Muhammad Ali and all these others, you know, Hall of Famers. Don't put it on him now. It just, it, it looks dumb. I'm, I'm going to leave with something extra petty though. And then I'm and then I'm gonna raise a good point. The way Errol Spence got the fuck up and left when he put Porter on the deck, I think Errol Spence, <laughs> if he got any, if he got any inclination that <laughs> that uh, Terrence Crawford was in Texas airspace, he would probably leave the country. You know, say based off the look on his face when he was in the stands when he fought Porter. But now I'm gonna I'm I'm raise a serious point though. All right, you you keep bringing up how many you know, all these great black fighters that Bob Arum has uh, has promoted. And, you know, I, I can't dispute you on that because that's all facts, bro. But I'll say this. I'll, I'll, point, I'll point out one of them. Mar Marvin Marvelous Hagler. A Marvelous Marvelous Hagler. That dude had no personality. That dude was a bald-headed blob of a person to talk to, but... He you say he was just as fiery and just as mean and just as vicious, you know, as far and bloodthirsty as Terrence Crawford is in that ring. And Aram, Bob Aram, promoted the fuck out of that dude. So I'm saying, you know, saying so if it's all you know, if it's if if we're gonna keep reframing in the personality that I mean in the conversation that Crawford has no personality, well shit. You know, saying and and letting Aram off the hook for that, well, we gotta consider that, you know, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. He he wasn't really he wasn't really a pleasant person to engage with or talk to, uh, yep. and, you know. And he he, 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 and he was famous for not showing up to pressers. He was famous for cussing out reporters. He was famous at turning his back to the camera or whatnot. But Bob Arum still fucking made he he made a, he let a lot of fucking money off marvelous Marvel Hagler's back. So it's like so it, it, it's it's like is that really is 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 Bud Crawford's lack of a personality is that really are we really gonna let Bob Arum off the hook based on you know saying on that you know what I'm saying when we've seen what he can do with people who have dry ass personalities? I mean I, I don't I see your point. You're making a great point, and you got to you got to steady. You got a steady argument that can make this discussion very circular, but I'm a, I'm a, you know say I'm not even like, I'm not even being like oh you can have the last word or whatever. After you know say beyond saying that I'm a, I'm gonna let you answer. I got nothing. I honestly I got nothing else for you. But I mean at least I guess what I'm asking is answer that question for me, and I'll shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, I, I could you could, I could right now. Edit. You could say it's nighttime. I'll argue till the sun comes up and it's fucking daytime and I am right. That's just how I get down. But what I'm saying is you brought up the, the Hagler part, which is a great point because, yes, he's uh, he's watching paint dry when it comes to personality. But at the end of the day, he got in the ring with other Hall of Famers and then put himself on the map because of his boxing style. Hey, I might not have to talk a lot, but at the end of the day, I got in with my Spence. I got in with my Porter. I got in with my Danny Garcia. Bud hasn't done that. And if you look at Bud's last three opponents, they're all guys that should be retired. 
you brought up the point where, and I get it, it's a funny talking point and I like it, but the most, most people don't know, Spence was reacting to the towel being thrown in, not because he got uh, put down. So that's where Spence was like, you know, that didn't even look good because you could tell Sean could still fight. It wasn't like he was out on his feet. Uh, but what I'm saying is, just to end that point, yeah, you could be drywall, but at the end of the day, if you're getting in, then you'll make your star rise by getting in with a Duran or a Hagler or uh, uh, anybody else, um, uh, a Sugar Ray, whatever. If you're boring, but then you get in those fights, your star rises automatically. Uh, Isaac Pitbull Cruz, last minute replacement, put on a great effort. And now look, his stars, his stars on the rise, he don't even speak English. But now Mexicans will jump on that and be like, we want to see him fight. You can promote that. But if you're not in the ring and you're sitting on your hands and you don't want to answer uh, no pressers or you're not on the top rank uh, video chats, you're not helping yourself out. And that's that's just tough. So, you know, like I said, I like to debate boxing either way. I would I could be on your side as to why Bob Arum could lose the thing just because I like to debate like that. But it's. On this particular topic, the facts just don't align too well with Bud Crawford. I think his best thing to do is put all his energy into fighting maybe a Virgil Ortiz or pulling a Floyd Mayweather where it says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take on a Boots. I'm going to a Boots Ennis. I'm going to take on a Virgil Ortiz while they're still wet behind the ears. And I'm going to cement my legacy more. Floyd knew what he was doing when he took on Canelo. He, they tried to get Canelo when he was 19. So they knew what he was going to be. Floyd says, let me get him. Let me put his head on my resume and cement Floyd Mayweather's legacy more. I think Bud Crawford would be more wise to get these young lions, even a Conor Ben. Some of these younger guys where you can say, I beat Conor Ben, the guy that became a, a megastar Hall of Famer. I beat Virgil Ortiz before he fought Aegis Kovalovskis, even though I told him to fight him, and he did it in the same fashion I did. I beat a Boots Ennis. You take down those three, I'm buying your merchandise tomorrow. But you're not. You don't want to fight the old or the new, but you're, st you're steady saying I should be paid the same or the highest in the room, and you can't do that. So, you know, like you said... Agree to disagree. I love it all. I I respect all your talking points, Courtney. Uh, it's not anything like a personal, but like just debating red corner versus blue corner all day, every day. Great stuff. Oh, all right. I, I'm, I'm gonna say this one last thing, and I'm gonna give, I'm, I'm gonna give the mic back because I know we're pressed on time. He's he, Terrence Crawford's in a little bit of a different. Um, I'm a people. <laughs> as far as Floyd, though, he can't exactly do what Floyd did to a Canelo because this is the thing. He he fought Canelo when he himself was way past his prime. The thing is, if you put him in with a Virgil, if you put Terrence Bud Crawford in with a Virgil Ortiz or a Conor Ben right now, he ruins them. You know what I'm saying? They leave, they 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 take that loss and they leave a little and, and possibly even boots in us. He beats them in a fashion where they're probably going to leave a little bit of themselves in that ring and not be the same. And, and then the, from the rest of their careers, the caveat of well, damn, they they went in with uh Terrence Brooke Crawford kind of early. What 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 happens if they didn't like meet up with him 
at that point. You know what I'm saying? What could he, what could have been done? As opposed to where Floyd beat up on Canelo and Floyd didn't have no legs left. He didn't have no pop. So, you know what I'm saying? Basically, you know what I'm saying? It's easier for Canelo to define Floyd by having the, you know what I'm saying, the career that he's had because he didn't really take any career altering damage. Um, with Connor Ben, with Jerron Boots Ennis, with, uh, with the Virgil Ortiz, that's very possible if they go in with this version of uh, Terrence Bud Crawford. You know, does that for sure 100% happen? No. But, I mean, if, if we look at the fashion in which Terrence Crawford has put down opponents, I mean, shit, look what he did to uh, Jose Benavidez. Granted, Jose Benavidez went in there with, like, basically half a leg. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of times, too, it's, it's not the physical damage, it's that confidence. That's confidence that's gone. And that's, if, if anything, Jose Benavidez did have that going in. And then uh, we've seen what became of him after that. So, I mean, that's the risk you run. Um, and that's where I think that's where Crawford is kind of in a rock between a hard place. But I think his best course of action is just going ahead. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's signing this life away to uh, to Al Heyman because that's that's where, the, that's where the welterweights are, man. And so, I mean, if he's on PBC, the argument that can't be made is that, you know, there was that barrier. It's, you know, saying if he goes on PBC and he doesn't secure these fights, we pretty much know what it is after that. So I, I think I think Terrence Crawford needs to go at you know, he he needs to basically he needs to forget about Bob Arum um on social media and the cameras, otherwise with all the you know saying the, the slick talk and in the courtroom as well and just go ahead and do what he has. Because in, in the in the thing is he's in his thirties and he's approaching his mid thirties now. You know what I'm saying? What hey we saw last night what goes up inevitably comes down. So, you know. The, the last thing, though, uh, that barrier, it's a uh, it's been a, a, a disproven talking point, though, because, again, we have Caleb Plant and Jose Benavidez uh, are, uh, and Benavidez that are on the same side. But that fight's never happened. So it's kind of tough to say the barriers there. When and that's why if those fights don't happen, we know what it is. Yeah. And so I agree with you on that. Yes. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um. One last thought of mine that I want to add, and and Stephen, you asked what my opinion was of Bob Arum as uh, with all the race, racist stuff. Of course, obviously, I don't think uh, Bob Arum is a racist. It's well documented how um, the, the contributions he's made as far as promoting the uh, black fighters throughout history, um, dating back to the '60s. Um, however, um, Courtney made a very good point um, earlier in this segment uh, about how um, about. Bob Arum's uh, how he discovered um, 
uh, Terrence Crawford. If 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 Bob Arum and I want to reemphasize and, and I agree with it wholeheartedly, had Bob Arum um, noticed the things and um, the same things that um, uh, Bradley saw in Crawford first, I think I think Bob Arum he would have I think he would have refined his approach in um, promoting um, in promoting Crawford. Um, the demographics he comes from, that wouldn't be an issue. He, uh, he, he would uh, market to that demographic and more. Uh, had uh, Bob Arum discovered um, uh, Terrence Crawford on genuine terms, uh, um, if had he saw um, uh, the diamond in the rough in him, um, uh, as opposed to him um, knowing about him uh, just by word of mouth from um, Tim Bradley. So um, that's that. Um, Tommy, before we go into the last segment, any lasting thoughts you have uh, as far as the uh, as far as the unfortunate friction, the leftover friction between um, Terrence Crawford and uh, Bob Arum top rank? No, not really. As far as as far as that, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in, in the crate a little bit as far as this discussion. On, go ahead, on man. Some go ahead. Back and like, forth, but <laughs> the one thing I will say is when when Stephen was talking about uh, basically kind of comparing the, the Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford with the Mikey Garcia, uh, you know, if, if he were to fight Mikey Garcia, I think that the, you know, there were a couple of different things that, you know, I experienced or, you know, see uh, in what came about from that fight with Mikey Garcia and, and Errol Spence. One, um, being at that fight and being at, at, you know, a lot of the the things that were going on with that one, that, that, that crowd was heavy, heavy Mikey Garcia. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of those numbers I genuinely feel were between, uh, you know, not, not in a disrespect to Errol Spence because, you know, he was absolutely climbing. Um, but I feel that there were a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, the Latin, fans uh the latino fans you know uh, supporting mikey garcia strongly um on top of the fact that it was here in dfw uh with uh errol spence backed by jerry jones you know and and i think that that that's a huge thing when it comes to you know as, as he even said to his point when we were talking about bob Arum, the money right you know um and the marketability you know uh, that that he gets with that backing of having jerry jones you know, um, you know, having him, you know, decked out when he was at the star in, in the Dallas gear and and Jerry Jones getting out there and, and, and really mingling with all of that stuff. I think that those are some some different advantages that um, wouldn't be seen, obviously, with with the Terrence Blair Crawford. But other than that, man, no, I, I, don't, I don't have anything else uh, in terms of this. Uh, and you know, love the the exchange back and forth and all of that, man. The 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 war of words, as as we will. Awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Um, now to the last segment of the show, um, we got this uh, the preview of upcoming fights this spring of this year, two thousand twenty two. Um, these are just some. Um, I highlighted, I highlighted, I highlighted what I've known so far. Um, so uh, most of are confirmed. Uh, one in particular is in talks. I'll just briefly, briefly go through them. Uh, you got Keith Thurman versus Mario Barrios, February 5th. Um, Jamel, the rematch between Jamel Charlo and Brian Castaño, February 26th. You got, um, part three between Juan Francisco 
Estrada and Roman Gonzalez. Um, you, and by verbal agreement so far, uh, Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez, April 30th. And um, this one's been brewing. It's in talks. Nothing confirmed yet. We uh, The mega fight between Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. Um, the, the fight I'm most looking forward to is the one that's still in talks is the Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. I've been, you know, I've been thirst, thirsting for that fight for a while. But um, let, let me go to you, uh, Tommy. Um, of these fights, or even fights that I have not even mentioned on this graphic, uh, what fights are you looking for uh, forward to the most um, this upcoming spring? Hey, man. So I, I agree with you. I, I'm all for this Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano fight. I think that this will be extremely exciting um, and it's going to it's going to do wonderful things as we have continued to see uh, a lot of uh, wonderful things happening uh, with women boxing uh, and boxing overall, to be honest. Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited for that one. Um, you know, other than that, my my next or you know additional one that I would mention is is that trilogy. You know, uh, Juan Francisco Estrada and Roma Gonzalez Chacatito. I'm I'm dead set on um, you know enjoying that one. That's one of those fights where you know I, I may be in the fight thread, but I'm not really scoring. I'm just I'm enjoying it. I'm taking it in. I'm gonna watch that one two or three. To, times in 24 hours like i I know that that is going to be something that's going to be phenomenal as each uh, fight has been so i feel like you know the boxing fans the casuals anybody that that gets the opportunity to catch that fight is going to be in for an absolute treat as we have seen with uh, the previous fight so those two are you know the the main fights that that I'm super, super excited about. And then also just that the 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 continued rise of Shakur Stevenson. I think that that's going to be a really, really good matchup. So uh, I look forward to seeing that one as well. But, you know, I, I think he's going to do some good work there. Great stuff, great stuff. Uh, Courtney, um, uh, give us, your, give us uh, what you're most looking forward to um, this spring. Oh, unmute. Unmute. Unmute, Corny. All right, I'm going to go down the list, and I'm I'm, I'm going to give you a brief hit on all these fights. All right, I think Keith Thurman and Mario Berrios, that's going to be better than we're expecting. Um, With uh, Charlo and Castano, too, the rematch, uh, I think that's not going to be as intriguing as uh, one would think. I I, I think um, with four belts... It's got a. It's going to have a lot of eyes on it and a lot of anticipation because we're going to see PBC's first uh, undisputed uh, champion potentially. But uh, I think Castano. I think he blew his wad in that first fight, and uh, I'm looking for Jamal Charlo to basically just do a mop up operation uh, in the rematch uh, with you know with with a El Gallo and a Chocolatito. You already know what it is. That doesn't need to be spoken on. Uh, Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. Uh, hey, everybody likes the unification. Uh, two young hungry lions undefeated. Um, a lot of talk around both of them. I think uh, I think Stevenson's does a job on him pretty thoroughly, though. Um, I think with uh, how Valdez looked in that last out and that cloud over his head for the PEDs, uh, I don't think he's going to be at his best. And uh, I, I think he's going to be in a real vulnerable place. And uh, Shakur Stevenson is going to, you know, 
Um, and then lastly, with Kaylee Taylor, Amanda Serrano, I think that's the most intriguing out of all of them as far as the run-up and the, um, the story. Uh, you got Katie Taylor, who has been, you know, the standard bear and the golden girl of, uh, uh, you know, of women's boxing, uh, just because of that built-in fan base she's had across the aisle and the, um, you know, pretty much the limitless promotional, uh, you know, um, uh, muscle that Eddie Hearn has put behind her in building up women's boxing on his end uh, against a person who was head based in a man Serrano, who's basically had to scrap and scrape and has gotten relatively no recognition for her contributions to the sport. Um, I think that's one of the best storylines that can uh, that we can have going in for a women's boxing uh, match and matchup of this magnitude. So um, I think we got you know with all these listed, I think we got some goodies, man. And then you know outside of this list, I'm really looking forward to see uh, the direction that Josh Taylor is going to go in. I'm looking to see. Um, you know, where Tio Teofimo Lopez, where he fits in in his comeback. Um, and then, you know, with Cambosos down in Australia, I'm basically, I'm eager to see who's going to go down there and accept that challenge. Is it going to be Devin Haney? Are we finally going to answer the question in 135 where Devin Haney's going to go down there and unify? Or is it going to be Lomachenko who, uh, who swoops in and uh, basically disrupts the apple cart, but not only disrupts it, but basically re uh, retakes what was uh, what was taken from him in a uh, in ceremonious fashion. So um, some good hey, some good fights ahead of us in twenty two uh, twenty twenty two, and uh, we'll see if they actually fight him. Definitely all goodies. Uh, great rundown, corny. Um, Stefan, uh, uh, what fights are you looking forward to this spring? Go ahead, man. Okay, just naturally because Courtney went from top to bottom, I'll go bottom to top. Uh, no, I, I like what he said on all those. It was it was a great analysis. I do like uh, Amanda Serrano in the the fight coming up. Uh, I'm a little bit well. Katie Taylor's tremendous. I am glad that there are more ladies outside of Clarissa Shields that are that are starting to get more interested in boxing. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's great for women's boxing when you can have. Uh, more ladies that are in there that are more evenly matched versus just having one lady that's out there smoking everybody, knockout after knockout after knockout. It, it doesn't really help the sport, uh, but I think when you have evenly matched ladies that you can get trilogies like uh, uh, that Juan Frisco Estrada and Roman Gonzalez, that helps women's sports more than just putting mm -hmm. up your star versus a, a tomato can. She smokes her and then the next. Um, so I think it's good. I like Amanda Serrano in that one just because there's been two Katie Taylor fights that I've watched and I thought she could have lost. So, uh, you know, you could see it however you like. She got the decision on those two different ones. But it's, nevertheless, those are two great evenly matched uh, ladies that are going in it. And all respect to them anytime you're going inside uh, the ring. Uh, Shakur Steven and Oscar Valdez. I like that fight. I'm a big, big fan of Shakur and Oscar. I became a huge Oscar fan whenever he fought with a broken jaw and still pulled it out. When you can show you have that dog in you, and especially as a as a, a Mexican boxer, oh man, it does tremendous things for your star uh, to rise. I think Shakur Steven is naturally uh, the more gifted fighter. However, when Shakur Stevenson uh, fought the guy from uh, that African guy uh, from Africa. He didn't open up as much because he said it himself. 
Uh, I knew he hit hard, and uh, and I didn't want to go out there and open up too much. I think Shakur Stevenson wins this fight, but I see him letting Oscar Valdez score good, uh, win some rounds because he respects him maybe too much. And Oscar Valdez, uh, you know, obviously the the T and the PD thing that's that's a dark cloud, like Courtney mentioned. However, you still do have Eddie Reynoso, and you still do have Canelo that are in your camp that are going to be helping you out. And that's that's something that can't be uh, dismissed. Uh, the next one, Juan Frisco Estrada and Roman Gonzalez. I was there for that last fight, and that was fireworks. I, I thought Roman Gonzalez won. I think they gave it to Juan Frisco Estrada to set up this trilogy. Uh, but nevertheless, you, you can't. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I could hear him both sides, and I and I and I wouldn't be mad at you either way. So that'll be a great fight. I think that one might be postponed because Francisco Estrada had COVID symptoms and he hasn't been able to train like he should. So I think that pushed back a little bit from the March fifth date. Uh, I was a little sad because that was my birthday, so I, that's the only reason I know that. Uh, Charlo and Castaño. That's going to be another great fight. Obviously, we'll see who the better fighter is because rematches favor the better fighter. So if Jamel Charlo goes out there and just totally smokes. Castaño, like Courtney said, that we know that Charlo was the better fighter, just had a rough night in the office, and we all have those. Everybody goes to work, and sometimes that Monday wasn't your best Monday. Uh, but again, Castaño could show up and say, nope, that was the real deal. I gave you it the first time. I can make it an interesting fight the second time. So that's a good one. Um, I'm a little disappointed, or not disappointed, but I don't see how Keith Thurman and Mario Barrios um, – is happening before Virgil Ortiz when he's at the WBC ranked number one contender spot. And that's for, I think, like a title eliminator, which is kind of intriguing when Keith Thurman hasn't fought in forever. He hasn't been one time in forever. And Mario Barrios is coming off uh, that Tank Davis fight. Um, he had some bright spots, but it's still a loss at the end of the day. So I don't see how that one's going um, to be that for that, for that, uh, title eliminator but it, it's another good one where it, it's a tale as old as time is the guard gonna change or does the veteran have a little bit more uh and Keith Thurman is he gonna show he's got some left or is he gonna just you know show up and maybe it's a last payday so they're all interesting fights uh as a boxing fan when you can look uh, especially from where we've come with COVID and you just can go down the list and so start to see these dates fill up it's exciting um definitely I'm excited. So uh, like Courtney mentioned, even other ones, you have Ryan Garcia doing whatever he's doing, maybe coming back out. And uh, uh, who, who is it? Who did they have him mentioned to fight? Um, oh, Tevin Farmer, uh, that he might fight Tevin Farmer. And I like him. He's real technical. He's very slick. And when he comes up or when he shows up with his best, he's a real solid fighter. Gave Jojo Diaz uh, some fits, too. So uh, you got a lot of good stuff coming up. Great stuff, great stuff all around. Um, well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 77 of the Standing Aid podcast. Um, thank you again, uh, Mr. Stephen, Stephen Ruiz. Um, 
from Ringside Global. Um, be sure to follow his page. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ruiz, any lasting thoughts, shout outs you want to give out? Uh, again, uh, just happy birthday to Derek James. Anytime you're uh, locally here and you, you're doing positive things for, he does a lot of great stuff for the Boys and Girls Club out here in the DFW. And anytime you're doing stuff for minority communities, any community, it doesn't even matter. When you're doing positive stuff in this day and age, I'm all for it. Uh, a shout out to you guys for having me on. I love the boxing discussion where you can disagree but still be respectful. So, and I, uh, my, I tip to Mr. Courtney Tanner, uh, anybody, you know, I'm with all love. I just feel like uh, with the with as much stuff that's out there, you got to give out positive vibes so you can get that stuff back. So, at the end of the day, I just love talking boxing. It's a great, it's a great avenue to to just uh, connect with different people that you never get to uh, talk with. Uh, you know, all walks of life. So shout out to Derek James. Uh, shout out to uh, one of my good friends, um, uh, Jimmy Blue out there, who's always talking boxing with me at All Access Elite. Um, everybody out there that supports you guys, keep doing it. I know uh, Courtney Tanner is going to run down the list of all across the United States, the world, the Mola, uh, Philippines. He does it all. So shout out uh, to you guys. Like I said, just love it. Uh, I hope everybody stays healthy throughout this year because, man, it's tough out there. So that whatever you can do to keep yourself, your family safe, I'm all for it. Beautiful words. Uh, and again, thank you, Mr. Uh, uh, Stephen Ruiz, for joining us. Always an honor to have you on and hopefully more episodes in the near future. Next up, Tommy Russ Jr. Um, uh, be, be sure to, uh, if you're in the Dallas area, Fort Worth, you want some good-ass barbecue delivered your way. Uh, hit him up at, B at BSHQBBQ. Uh, you could uh, hit him up, contact him directly at 801-360-2214. Mr. Tobin Rush Jr., any lasting uh, shout-outs uh, you want to give out? Go ahead, man. Hey, so um, first, spoiler alert, you know, uh, as as Stephen mentioned, you know, shout-out to Jimmy Blue, Mr. Yeah, all all access elite. You know, uh, we are looking to to have him on with us uh, in the near future as well. So I absolutely look forward to that. Love, um, you know, all of all of everybody that's out here grinding and doing their thing. You know, in in the boxing world. Uh, shout out to In Vivo. You know, shout out to all of them. We we love them guys as well. Um, most definitely appreciate you know Stephen and Ringside Global you know getting getting on here with us and and enjoying it and having great fun on this um, you know I want to uh, give a shout out to my little sister today is her birthday so shout out to Leanne Daniels uh, happy birthday love you little sis um, you know uh, just hey our, you guys man as always you know Aaron everything that you do. You know, for for all of us, for for the website, for this program, for the podcast, all of it, man. Appreciate everything that you are always doing. Um, you know, uh, always, Courtney. You know, um, long time, long time. You know, we get down, man. So, um, shout out to 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 MG Michael Gomes, man. We miss you, bro. You know, we, we absolutely gonna have him back on. Shout out to one of the OGs, Daniel Pena, D Rock. You know, uh, you know what it is there man uh he was just he was just out there uh in madison square garden uh 
uh, I think I, I want to say he airballed that free throw. Uh, he was he was on the court, <laughs> uh, so I, I gave him some shit for that. But hey, he he said, "Hey, I was on the court. That's all that matters." <laughs> so you know, what I'm saying shout out to him and and just all of the listeners, all the supporters, uh, anybody that that chimes in, you know, on on our episodes and is just engaging with us. Shout out to the whole pound for pound, you know, all of our, our boxing group. And, you know, uh, we'd love to have even more members join us and, and get in there and mix it up. So uh, just shout out to everybody, man. Appreciate y'all. Shout out to my family, all of, all of the kids, my girlfriend, Kendra. Shout out, shout out all day. Everybody stay safe. Great stuff, Tommy. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Courtney Tanner, a.k.a. the Burt Brown Sugar. As usual, it says again with the Oscar closing speech. The curtain. Hey, over. you already you know, know how this is gonna go, and, uh, but not really. In all seriousness, I just want to. Hey, I just want to thank you, uh, Aaron and Tommy, for loving my ass so much. Even though I'm not easy to love, but um, hey, man, I, I, I love that you guys just basically let me be me, man, and, and Rocky just have the confidence in me that uh, I'm not going to do anything uh, too stank on the air or lose us too many listeners. <laughs> hey, uh, Steven, a complete a honor, man. Honor. You could have been anywhere else on your Sunday night, man. We know you got a beautiful family at home to tend to, but, uh, you know, you came on and rocked it with us, man. Hey we, hey, we love you for that. We love having you, man. We hope you come back on soon, man, with your hating ass. <laughs> Now, I uh, want to give a shout out to, uh, to the first lady of boxing, Tiffany Daniels. want to give a shout out to Gary Kittleson. I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, uh, um, Hector Franco and Joshua Correa at Front Proof. want to give a shout out to uh, Anthony Stack Saldana. I want to give a shout out to Sean Fitzgerald, uh, Sean Hicks at uh, Just Boxing. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Michael Gomes. Um, I know you know a lot of you have questions or are wondering where the hell dude is, but uh, you know his life is uh, in a completely different correct direction with him um you know doing some big things in the real estate industry up in jersey and uh you know hey we hey, we so we fully support him and uh this is his home whenever he wants to come back home to it yo also to uh, d rock doing uh doing big things on the humanitarian tip down there in guatemala showing the human hand of what we do here on the um you know standing eight podcast and just demonstrating that we're not all assholes and just you know that we are uh you know some of us are uh, decent human beings a uh, shout out to him and you know we obviously we love him and we pray for his safety down there um i want to give a shout out to uh, nick agarame uh antoine wilkes roy bennett uh chris uh chris ramos uh julio z's hating ass um you know say michael cockerel uh and just basically everybody from the uh the pound for pound group and uh, as always we want to spend a spend a special shout out to our international audience everybody who is uh rocking with us up in canada down in mexico uh you know it, all over latin america across the channel in england uh everybody in ireland you know shout out to south africa ghana nigeria tanzania um and then uh this you know the south pacific you know saying kicking it with you know rockets real hard with this uh everybody in australia everybody down in new zealand papua new guinea samoa tonga and uh everybody in the philippines south korea japan um you know in germany we love y'all too hey thank you so much for coming along for this ride for this movement uh we promise you we're going to continue to bring you great and exclusive content on into 2022 um Hey, it's time to be a part of this, man. If you're not here already, hey, bring your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your uncle, your auntie, your next door neighbor, your baby mama, your significant other. Hey, bring them all. 
and then bring somebody else. Let's do this. Hey, neon sign, we open. Oh, your neon sign. Oh, and and the other neon sign. Whataburger is better than In and Out. Oh shit. That's all it's all lies. lies. It's all lies. Hey, hey, to everybody in our international audience who hey, who has that American dream of getting over here and getting a taste of that, man. Hey, hey, both places are good, but hey, what a burger is not superior. It's all lies, bro. It's all lies. Kendra, I know you watching somewhere. You're gonna catch this on replay. Hey, you a damn lie. Hey, we family. I love you. You know what I'm saying? We hey, we you know, we got Tommy in comments, so we gotta get along for him. But hey, I'll never forgive you. Thanks, out. Um, lastly, I want to give a personal shout out. Um, uh, again, I already know this, but I want to uh, say it again. Uh, happy belated birthday to my brother, um, Constantine Soria. Shout out to my bro. Um, and also across the pond, I want to send a special congratulations to our long term, longtime friend, uh, Manuel Guevara, on his uh, recent marriage. Um, Daniel Pena was out there, um, as well. Uh, for that same purpose um so shout out and congratulations and again thank you mr stem for for joining us um tom uh my usual com uh compadres uh tommy russ jr corny tanner thank you it's uh, always a pleasure to have you on um michael gomes uh, um, congratulations on all your successes so far uh, more to come um can't wait to get you back on and um all the listeners longtime supporters um always thankful and everyone out there um be safe out there till next time guys episode 77 in the books peace guys <laughs>